This is how I picture you. You are a woman who wants to love God, your people, and you want to use what you've got to change the world. But if you're like me, you also want to actually live, to be awake, joyful, and energized enough to actually be present for your life. We are women who want to live as daughters of God and human beings, not just workers who are constantly doing. On top of that, we're fighting a culture of reactive defeat, one that assumes exhaustion is inevitable instead of fighting for rest. We are surrounded by people who idolize busyness over a sustainable pace, and most of us are used to being rewarded for pushing past our human boundaries and limitations. If you're like me, you sometimes wonder if you're so busy living life that you might be missing it. I wonder if maybe sometimes your fatigue is even louder than the voice of God. And I wonder if sometimes it's just easier for you to live on autopilot, stuffing your emotions, your desires, your pain, even your joy. You don't want to sleepwalk through life. I don't either. But who has time and energy to even know what living fully awake would look like? So here's the thing. Jesus came to purchase abundant life for us. But is this it? Did he mean for us to live exhausted and overwhelmed, burdened with impossible expectations and heavy laden with shame? I know we want to live in awe of God, to run on mission and joyful surrender, and not just sleepwalk through our days. If these are the questions you're asking, or if this sounds like your life, you're in the right spot. I'm Jess Connolly, and honestly, this is our podcast, a space for you and I to be curious about how we can live fully awake with God. Seasons have feelings, right? Each of us probably has a sense of what each season holds and means. Maybe you hate summer because you hate being sweaty, or maybe you love winter because it holds holidays and family gatherings. Maybe spring makes you hopeful, or maybe it makes you sad for some sentimental reasons. But here's how I feel about fall. It terrifies me. I've lived enough adult years to know that the pace of fall is almost always crippling from community events to kids' activities. I'm not sure why, but even work deadlines feel more intense to me in the fall. I rarely have a free Saturday in this season, and as much as I want to savor the leaves falling and the pumpkin patches, it always seems to be coming so fast and so furious. I am exhausted. So today, we're talking about fall how to get ready for it, how to try and actually enjoy it, and how to set some sustainable rhythms that will help you feel fully awake in Jesus' name. I have my best friend and my husband with me today on the podcast. Those are one and the same person. So let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Nick Connolly, thank you for being on the Jess Connolly podcast. Thanks for having me. You were a semi-frequent visitor on the Go and Tell Gals podcast, but this is, you know, as it is only episode two, you are. It's your first I'm time I'm very on. frequent. I'm so frequent <laughs> You're right so now. frequent. Okay. I did tell you I have a tiny left turn that I want to take at the top of this episode. Just go for it. It's a question I want to ask you. Okay. It kind of has to do with the fact that you're on the podcast right now. Okay. So when I told people that we were making the shift from the Go and Tell Gals podcast to the Just Connolly podcast— the number one 
request that I heard slash suggestion that I heard was you have to have Nick on the podcast more. I've told you this. Yeah. Okay. I've heard this from listeners. Okay. I heard it from marketing consultants who are like, hey, if you were going to do the podcast in, as Jess Connolly, you need Nick on it. You don't need me. Okay. Well, I want you to hold that. So okay. I do notice this thing about you and I. We actually love working together. We, we do. really do. That's not yes. a farce. We love working together. We love teaching together. Mm-hmm. You and I love co-teaching. Mm-hmm. I got so excited today. I was like, oh, I get to film a podcast with Nick. I can't wait. It's just because we get to spend time. Like a this is the bit. only time we'll see each other today. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but do you get ever a little bitter when people suggest that like I should be at things? Like, oh, you should have Jess do that. I think like a little bit sometimes when people are like, oh, the podcast would be so great if you had Nick on it. I'm like, I'm a whole person. I'm okay without Nick too sometimes. I'm worth coming to the party, even if he's not there. So flip-flop, I feel like my, in in like very beautiful ways, like your ministry has been different than mine and that it's a little more forward-facing and so all I hear is like Jess going to be here or where is Jess? Or, I, so I'm giving you an opportunity to say it annoys you no, a little bit. It doesn't. It's got it, to. No, it doesn't. You're the better half. So That's not true. And I think you're the better half. So it's, I'm, and I, I, I know agree my, my podcast is better when you're on it. I agree. But I know my limitations and you are the fun one. Like you are the. I'm not. I'm the re- That's what everybody thinks. But we need to tell them the truth. Who is the more fun one out of the two of us? I Be honest. I make jokes, but I don't think I'm more fun. That's not true. Okay. Well, real that'll talk. be in the our, other podcast. In our real, actual life, behind closed doors, who's more fun? You need to be honest. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make, is that you're more fun forward-facing. Yeah, I'm fake I'm fake fun. You're fake fun. <laughs> okay, I even, I'm going to take it this far. Do you, I, do you remember somebody told me this? They said, hey, whenever you have a photo shoot, you need to make sure Nick is there. You're a better you when he's there. I felt so loved and seen by that, not yep. having you in the pictures. They were yep. like, he just needs to be in the room, which you know, we are, the kingdom is better off with you and I together. I 100% mm-hmm. believe that. I don't want to do anything without you. I want to do everything with you. I feel the same way. I just don't want people to think that I can't do things without you. And I don't think anybody ever would. I don't you know, You do man. so many things without me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you do so many things. But I do think it, w- it would be frustrating for you if people thought you couldn't do things without me because you are a whole well, capable person without me. I feel that way, but also I do know that there are things that go better when you are in the mix. Yeah, but in a lot of ways I hold you back. Because I'm not fun. That's not true. That's not true. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm glad you're here. I'm sure after this first episode, everybody's going to be like, why don't we just call it the Jess and Nick Connolly podcast? But you are coming out with your own podcast. I would like to. I'm making that public right now. (laughs) I I would like to. I'm putting my feet in the proverbial water, if you will. I am putting my feet in the water as well. I, I I mean, we've been talking about it for a while now, and I think it kind of joins together a few things that I love to do, yeah. but also I think would be helpful for people. I, I do hope too. It'll I hope actually it be. serve a lot yeah. of people. I hope it'd be helpful. If I was going to be really awful, I would just go ahead and tell you, say what the name of it is right here. But we haven't decided that, so that would be awful. Some of us haven't decided. But also, <laughs> this is the story of our relationship is I literally can't remember. I it's, know. <laughs> so if you shared it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's what we talked about. We were at dinner last night and yeah. I, you said, well, what are we going to call the podcast? And I said, babe, I named it for you like six months ago. 
and you said, what was it? And then you did, you did take out your phone and write it down. Okay. Last night. Okay. So speaking of last night. Yes. We did not go to dinner last night to talk about this podcast episode. We, you and I actually went to dinner last night because of a random stroke of luck. We had like (laughs) 45 minutes alone and our kids were occupied. Mm -hmm. But when we went to dinner, the content of this episode is what we talked about because it's very authentic to us in that it's almost fall. Yes. And I am terrified. (laughs) So to set the scene for you last night, a very authentic moment in the Connolly marriage, we go, we have 45 free minutes. We had to be out of our house. Yep. We go to our local Mexican restaurant. Favorite spot. Best spot in Charleston. There's chips and salsa on the table. There is. I'm gently crying. A little bit. (laughs) I would say teary-eyed. Teary-eyed. Yes. And basically saying, like, are we going to do this again? What's wrong with me? Why does it always feel like this in the fall? In the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So I really just want to dive into it. Okay. And I want you to bring all your wisdom. But the first question I want to say, I'm asking as an outside source, why is the fall so busy? Why does it feel like this? So to me, this is how I've always seen the fall. The fall to me is the beginning of the year for us. And I know that everyone acts like January is, but I, I don't know why. I've just always felt like fall is the beginning of the year to us. And so for me, the fall is the the starting of everything again, whereas January is like recalibration for me yeah. at least. And I think you yeah. feel that way, but yeah. I, minus your goals. I feel like you're a huge goal person. Well, I am January. a goal person, but I've learned to be such a gentle goal person. Yeah. I don't try to change the world on January 1. I know, but it, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. It's your national holiday. Oh, it is. Like, it I, is like I do care about January 1 yeah. more than almost any other yeah, day of the year. It, yeah. And so I, I think what you're probably feeling emotionally is the pressure of the new year starting. Like I, I, I think, think you're right. I think you're feeling everything starting up at once. The reason I think there's a knee-jerk reaction or almost like a whiplash to the fall is because we, you know, hopefully by God's grace, you're falling into some sort of rest in the summer. Yeah. And so therefore you're going from zero to 60 is, is yeah. essentially what's happening. And so yeah. I think for us, that's why it tends to feel a little more jolting. Yeah, you're right. You know, everyone listening to this doesn't live the same rhythms that we live. Yeah. And so maybe their summer is a little more heavier. But, you know, I mean, every job is different. Like our teachers who go to our church, like, you know, in the summer, like it is so incredible when I don't see them at church in all the best ways because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're living you're doing what you're your supposed to be doing. best life right now so yeah. that you can be ready for the fall. Yeah. And so I think the same would be said for us is, you know, trying to figure out how we slow down over the summer is great. But then once the fall gets here, it just hits you in the face. Yeah. Let's identify some of the characteristics of what feel like they're starting again. Mm-hmm. So obviously for us, we have school-aged kids. We do. And- it feels like a lot of pressure to get them ready. The school supply situation alone, I want to buy school supplies. I want to bless the teachers. I don't want teachers buying school supplies. Yes. It's a lot to buy school supplies for four kids right now. It does tend to take up a bulk of the budget it's in this It's three time. different schools. It's always literally at least $1,000. Sometimes more. Sometimes more. Yes. And it's one night on Amazon where I need people to like feed me grapes and rub my feet while I go over every single list. I can't do this at a store anymore. Yeah, We're that, past that. Yeah, and it, that doesn't even no. count for the uniforms that they have to wear in public schools. Then, so it's Then we have to do the uniforms. uniforms yeah. 
But today I had to stop middle of the work day, go get a kid a physical, a sports physical. Because that's the thing. It's sports practices. Yep. This is all just kids. Yes. Getting them acclimated, dealing with their hearts, their souls, you know, supplies, meet the teacher night, orientation, new schedules, book bags, new rhythms for them. That's just them. Then you and I have church. We have church. And our church specifically lets things get really light and easy during the summer. We have a different pace. We have a different pace. And then in the fall, it's groups. It's new group orientation. It's worship kickoff night. It's staff meetings are starting up again. It's Mm -hmm. all of that. On top of that, my business, Yes, we have our own fall rhythm specifically for us. We do coaching certification in the fall, which is one of the biggest things we do all year where we certify women in our coaching process. And during the fall, we're interviewing them. We're starting that process. I'm coaching them once a week. It's my favorite thing to do all year. It's a whole thing in and of itself. It happens now. It happens right now. So those are just some of our big buckets. But then there's like people coming back in from out of town. Community is a big stressor for me. And when I say stressor, it's so happy. But people are coming back in from summer rhythms and they're like, hey, we should get coffee. Let's get together. Would you want to disciple me? You know, I just joined a new gym. So a gal at my gym is like, hey, we should get coffee. I'm like, absolutely. That's what I want to do. But you don't have any hours. I don't know when we're going to do it. I literally, I, I, this is a true story today. A gal at my gym that I'm friends with, by the way, I haven't told you this yet. Okay. Was like, Hey, let's have coffee, which, you know, I love making new friends at my gym. She said, let's have coffee. I said, how about August 30th? Today is August 7th. Yes. That was the soonest I could do it. Yes. I don't like that. I know, but I, (laughs) I I think that, I mean, so going back to our favorite little Hispanic spot. Yeah. We're hanging out, having food. And and I think for you, you have a high capacity with to-dos, but you carry the pressures of the people more than anything. Like your people backpack, I, I I'll want call people it. To take, I want people to be loved. Yeah. You, you really want to make sure everyone's cared for. Yeah. And the hard part of that is that, and even in, in our life, is we've gone through a little bit of a stretching, jumping from preteen to teen. And so that's changed a lot of things. And then our church is jumping through, you know, a, a new season where I think we're going to experience some, some, I've been calling them growing, instead of growing pains, growing promises. Yeah. So we're, we're experiencing some of those things. And so it comes with new challenges, but in all of those things are, are people and people are the, you know, the, the thing that you carry the most because you care. Yeah. Okay, I want to say one more thing before we thank you for saying that. Thank you. It does feel a lot, a lot because I care, but I've got to I've got to care in a more sustainable way, which and I'm only sharing this because I think it is probably relatable for a lot of women. Oh my gosh. You know, absolutely. I I think I'm women probably not the only person who feels this way, you yeah. know. So, one thing I want to say about you and I which is interesting because it's interesting as I'm kind of like airing these thoughts about fall real time as they're happening is that this is what happened with me with summer about 10 years ago. Okay. But do you remember I hated summer? Do you remember? That was sweet of you to infer that. Carry on. Wait. You, I don't remember at all, but it was sweet of you to oh say, gosh, oh, I do you, you remember? Were no. <laughs> That's how we came up with the whole summer to thrive guide because I, I hated know, summer. But I, it is in you my do mind not palace. Remember, you didn't remember that I hated summer. It's in the mind palace, but I don't carry the knowledge of you hating summer. I appreciate years ago. it. I hey, carry appreciate on. it. Ignite my memory. So about 10 years ago, I would say it was right around the time we moved to Charleston, which is a summer city. Summer city. It comes alive in the summer. I realized I actually hate summer. I dread summer. (laughs) 
there were a couple of reasons why I hated summer. Yeah. I didn't like the lack of consistency. I didn't like the lack of uh-huh. rhythms. I hated the weather because I really struggled with body image issues. So I didn't want to be in warm weather clothes all the time. Yeah. So that is really a big part for me of when my journey to breaking free from body shame came in. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. I got over that. You better than anybody know that. <laughs> I don't mind a warm weather clothing option at this point. Yeah. I love to walk around in warm weather clothes. Yes. Yeah. But I still hated the rhythms and lack of consistency. So around this time, about 10 years ago, I created the Summer to Thrive mm-hmm. Guide, which was really just a coaching program for myself. Yes. Then we began selling it as a business. Thousands of women used it. Thousands mm-hmm. upon thousands. This year, we actually just gave it away for free. But I think that this is a little bit what I do. Because I did ask you this question this week. I asked you, tell me, Nick, what is my deal? I kind of feel like this is the first episode of your podcast. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Spoiler alert, this is what Nick's podcast is going to be like, but not with me, with other people. I said, what's the deal with me, babe? Is it that I'm high capacity? And because I'm high capacity and I have a lot on my plate, that I have to have a lot of structure and uh-huh. help? Yeah. Or is it that I'm so low capacity that I have to have so much structure and so much help? And I don't actually even want you to answer that right now because that sounds like I was fishing for a compliment, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. This is like a real thing You're that I struggle with. Me. Yes. Yeah. I just need a lot of structure and a lot of self-coaching to make it through a season. So, but what I'm noticing about myself is that when I identify a problem and I think, oh, maybe other people struggle with this, mm-hmm. I want to start the conversation and I want to dig in. I want to make resources. Yeah. So we have actually in the past through my business, made a guide called Fall Into Freedom. Yes. Because I re- I started realizing I struggled with this. And I'm going to tell you at the end of this podcast, we're going to give away a condensed version of it because the, actually the other one was too long. It was too much. <laughs> when you're overwhelmed, you don't need 30 pages. You need three. So we're going to give that away to you for free at the end of this episode. Which is m- one of my other favorite things about you is that you are not overwhelmed by a 30-page plan. I'm not. I need like one page. Yes. You need 30. If we are at coffee and you ask me a question about your life, you should expect that tomorrow I'm going to send you a (laughs) 30-page PDF. Exactly. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is I really do believe that this tension point I'm feeling right here is because there's a lot of freedom on the other side. Yes. And I really do believe 2 Corinthians 12, 9, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And I believe that God is even letting me experience a lot of this, like what I experienced last night, Mm -hmm. gently crying over chips and salsa with you because there's going to be a level of freedom on the other side of this fall in particular for me, I believe, and I'd like to air it real time so we can walk through this together because in this podcast, you know, we're talking about living fully awake and not buying this lie that we have to sleepwalk or just get through or just survive, Mm -hmm. but that we actually are going to walk in the abundance that Jesus purchased for us. So I'm kind of throwing down the gauntlet about fall and saying, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not going to just get by anymore. I want to live. Yes. So my question for you is, what's at stake if we don't fight, if we don't push past this status quo of like, I'm busy, tired, but good. You know, yeah. it's busy. We're fall, blah, blah. Like, ah, blah. Like even that joke we made at the beginning, like this is the only time we'll see each other. Mm-hmm. Like what's at stake if we actually don't push past that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. One of the things that I try to communicate in my book is that, the greater the resistance, the greater reward on the other side, usually. Don't think that we're not going to come back to you just 
soft launching your book. I'm not soft launching anything. I'm just, I didn't know. <laughs> I'll come back to that. <laughs> you can come back to that. But the greater the resistance, yeah. the greater the reward is on the other side usually. Yeah. And so anytime that we're we're experiencing resistance, a lot of times, at least, you know, in my past, I was just like, man, I, I feel like I'm heading in the wrong direction. Like I feel like I'm not heading where God wants me to be. But I've found in my own life is that the greater the resistance is actually proof sometimes That's that I'm good. heading in the right direction. Yeah. So I think if Oof. you're experiencing the resistance that you have, you know, as you're talking about fall, it's like, well, it's probably because these are the things that you're supposed to be doing. These are the streets in life that you're supposed to be walking down. Yeah. Like, And so I think I would say first off is just, you know, being encouraged with that, that there's resistance because of the ability to head in the right direction of trying to serve the kingdom, trying yeah. to love people, trying to do all the things that we know to be right. Yeah. And and I think if I don't, I'm trying to figure out a good way to say this, but if it's like life is full of like vacations all the time, every day, and you know, we're just posting about vacations, like that's probably not us heading in the right direction when it comes to the kingdom. Yeah. It's like, we got to rest, but at the same time, we've got to get going and do the thing that God's called us to do. And so anyway, I just, I think the idea that you're experiencing the resistance, you're experiencing the tension, you're experiencing all these things means that there's probably a payoff and reward on the other side. And so, you know, what we've been talking about lately is anytime you're experiencing growth, you know, we always couple that with pains, but it's actually when we're experiencing growth, it's a fulfillment of God's promise. And so when he's fulfilling his promise, you know, there's a pain point on that path to the promise. Um, I don't know too many people in the Bible that experience pain-free processes. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about this process is, is that it makes us into the people that we are supposed to be for him. So, so anyway, I, I know that's not encouraging Woo. because it's like, oh, just hang in there. It'll get better. I mean, it will get better, but it'll probably still be harder. Like it'll yeah. still be a climb. It'll still be something that you've got to push through. It'll still be something that you've got to persevere and persist through. However, you know, there's just a harvest on the other side when we do do those things. I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen that a lot with our teenagers. Like it's just awkward angst yeah, and, and, you know, hilarious conversations, half of the conversation being in a language that we don't necessarily understand. <laughs> and, you know, every time you're pushing through those hard conversations and weird conversations, you know, you just feel like you get a little bit of more of a piece of their heart. And so I, I think that's with everything in life is when we're pushing through those hard moments, uh, we're getting a little more of God and a little yeah. more of his promises that he has for us in life. So the fall is no exception to that. Yeah, that's good. I think there are a couple people listening right now, maybe more than a couple, who are thinking, is he always this gentle with her? And is she always this messy with him? And I want to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) I really mean it. Because also, again, I want to be vulnerable and transparent with our friends. There are not many people in my life that I am this tender with. Uh It's hard for me to be really messy with people and tender to a level. I can be transparent. I never want to be disingenuous. I can be transparent, but it's hard for me to be super vulnerable with people. But God has, one thing that God has done over 18 years of marriage with us is that you have become a very soft place for me to land. So I really, if you're wondering, did that actually happen? Did we actually over chips and salsa me? I mean, I think I started with like, are you disappointed in me? Are you mad at me? And you were like, what? (laughs) Not at all. But I want to just thank you for 
being so gentle and affirming and compassionate in your response. Yeah. I want to say, if you're thinking like, wow, I wish someone would talk to me like that. You guys, that's why I, that's why he wrote a book. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that's why I made him write a book. Cause he did it. I didn't make him. God told him to, but that's why your book is so important. And I'm not going to soft launch it any more than that because you need to <laughs> announce it on your own social media account and your own podcast which is yeah, coming. It's coming. But that is what the book is. Yeah. It's and a very soft place to land for people who are very weary. Yeah. And I, and I don't like, I think the culture, and I'm not saying this because of me, I'm saying this in light of, of everyone always, especially within the body of Christ, like culture and, and religion are so harsh. And one of the most beautiful things about Jesus is he gives you a compassionate place to land. Yeah. And so when, you know, one of our favorite, everyone, I'm saying our as in like yeah. everyone's favorite verses is Matthew 11, I think 28 through 30. It's like, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Like we're yeah. all weary. Like yeah. we're all tired. 100%. Hashtag tired of being tired. Like we're all doing the things that we're, we're tired of. And so yeah. I think the more compassion we can, you know, extend to other people, the better. And it only helps people like push through. It helps them keep going. And so I feel like you are compassionate as well, especially 10 years of church planting. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm grateful for you. That being said, you're so gentle with me. I have actually asked you like, could you give me a little more correction sometimes? <laughs> I need it. I need somebody to keep me in line. <laughs> but you- But it's probably your personality is you, you enjoy conflict. Like okay. not like I'm not you scared enjoy, of conflict. Not enjoy you appreciate discourse. I appreciate pressure. Yes. I appreciate pressure. Pressure. Yeah. So if it's encouragement, I like it to be an intense pressure of encouragement. Yes. So that means if you just say to me like, "Hey babe, I love you. Or you look nice today." I don't great. hear that. <laughs> yes. I I Fireworks. hear I hear when you say like, "Stop everything." Yes. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. That's what I hear because yes. I appreciate pressure. That would actually ruin some people's lives. Yes. You know? And in the same way, if I'm off course in some way, in any way, a lot of times your more gentle approach would be like, hey, tell me more about how you're feeling mm -hmm. or what's going on in that head of yours, you know? Or like, what could I do to help you? Where sometimes I crave you to say, what are you doing? Like, what's mm -hmm. your deal? But I appreciate that you don't do it my way in that way. All that being said, I'm getting to a point here. What I want to ask you is having seen my life the last mm -hmm. 10 years, yes. having seen this trajectory of what happens to me in fall, I maybe take on a little bit too much. I, this is something I think a lot of women can relate to. I want to love people well. I want to love God well. Mm -hmm. I want to serve well. I want to show up well. I want to have healthy rhythms. I want to do the things. And then I get to a level of stress that is not necessarily sustainable. Yes. And then I spin out. Yes. Having seen that pattern in my life the cycle that I would say is not unfamiliar to many women. Yes. Is there some kind of correction, encouragement, admonishment that you would like to give me before fall starts? <laughs> also, we do is, this in cooking. Yes. In cooking? Like if I'm oh, cooking. Oh, yes. If you're our, cooking. What we have found works. Nick is better at cooking. That's a gentle way to say he cooks very well and I don't. And so what we found is if I'm going to cook something, yes. the best thing for me to say is before I start, Tell me everything I need to know. Tell me everything you need to tell me. And yeah. then we'll debrief afterwards or, yeah. so, you know, whatever. Because nobody likes you being like, oh, just a little more salt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, 
I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The question you're asking, is there any helpful coaching tips that... Pre-fall. Pre-fall? Pre-spin. Well, I think one of the things we talked about last night was as we get more seasoned, as we get more wise, I I just turned 40 and I am appreciating a good no because a good no means that there's probably some other yes that has to happen and it's usually something that God has for me. And so I think that has been an interesting thing because when you're in your probably late twenties to, you know, it's even in your thirties, you're like, Oh my gosh, like opportunity. This is incredible. There's a season for throwing spaghetti up on the wall. Yeah. And and seeing seeing what what sticks sticks. and just like, Oh my gosh, another opportunity, another opportunity, another opportunity. And then by the time you get 40, you're like, Oh my gosh, another opportunity or, you know, another thing. And you have to really take before God is, is The the thing. And so, you know, last night I didn't say that you should do this, but I've been trying to in the best way that I can literally ask God, am I supposed to do this? Or is this supposed to be something that I do? Or am I supposed to say yes to this? Which is sounds funny. And it's not like, God, should I take out the trash or God, should I feed my kids tonight? That's what I'm talking about. But, you know, just capturing the things that I have to do or might feel the pressure to do and be like, hey, is this actually what God wants me to do? Because what I find sometimes too is if we're living in such a way and almost like saying yes to everything and carrying more than we're supposed to carry, then God can't carry the things that he's supposed to carry in their life. Yeah. Or, you know, speaking with Ministry of absence. Yeah. Absolutely. There's just, there's things that God can do in the margins that if we meddle with, it becomes a problem. And it's also something that we're carrying that we shouldn't be carrying. Yes. Like I, I think a great example is, is I used to be on this like board for one of our kids' schools Mm -hmm. and it was great to get everything going and started and helping with that. But at the same time, it's not what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so it was, you know, it was a hard no, but it was like, oh my gosh, I think, I think if I say no to this right now, then I think other things can happen in my life in a more peaceful way. And I think a lot of times we think that God wants us to be, you know, rung out for the kingdom. And like, to me, the word abundance, you know, part of that word is full mm-hmm. and like full of life. Woo. And if we're like rung zapped out. out, rung out Christians, then of course no one's going to want to follow Jesus. Like we look more like the hustle culture than we do the kingdom culture. I think we've, what we discussed was like, Hey, we, we've got to do a better job of capturing every opportunity and saying like, Hey God, is this you know, what you have for me to the best of the ability. Can we do that with every opportunity? Absolutely not. But, you know, start with a few things. Start with, you know, five things this week and just say, hey, God, what do you want me to do about this? Someone reached out to me about something the other day through text. And I'm just like, I don't don't know how I'm going to figure this out in my schedule and make this happen for them. And so I was literally on the treadmill and, you know, you know, I like to walk backwards on the treadmill. So Which I'm is my walk, favorite. He's serious. He likes backwards. to walk backwards on the treadmill. I walk forward and then I walk backwards. Yeah. And I'm walking backwards. What the, is the spiritual significance of the walking backwards? It's not spiritual. It's more for the knees. I was just giving you a second to make up something. It's, it's more about the aging process than anything. But I was walking backwards and I'm like, God, what am I going to do about this? And immediately he hit me with the answer. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to call this person and connect this person with that yeah. person. And it ended up being the best thing for both of them. So good. And so I think the more we pray about things and the less we Google things. Come on. Or, you know, do whatever we do. I think we're going to see fruit from that. That's good. I want to give a tiny caveat here. I don't disagree with any of that, obviously. And I'm, and I'm always going to say the like very weird outlier thing and you're going to always bring it back to Well, no. I think that's important. I mean, in my next book, which I'm going to talk about on the podcast in, in coming weeks, I actually have a whole section about how to say no scripts for women that are loving and kind. Because what I know is that I think that even like internet culture, right? And like Instagram memes and TikTok is, would say like, no is a complete sentence. And I would say, yeah, and it's a rude one. <laughs> If someone says, would you like to have coffee? And you say, no, thanks. Like that's not actually loving. (laughs) And it's not actually applicable for most of us. So we need godly, compassionate, hospitable ways to say no. Yes. Um, So I actually have a list of those scripts in my next book because that's what I've needed in my life. But the tiny caveat I want to give here on the back end of this saying no conversation is you are a person who is actually very blessed and delighted to not be included. Sometimes, yeah. You like things happening without needing you. Oh my gosh, that means health. Yeah, I that that is grief for me. It's health for me. It is, and but so I'm just saying that for the women who would say, who would be really honest to say, I want to say no. I know I need to say no, Mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna see it happen on social media, and I'm gonna be grieved. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, you are. Yeah, you are. You're gonna be sad you weren't there, and. You're going to get more used to that feeling. And then you're going to be so blessed by being so present in the spaces you're supposed to be in. And you're going to see other people thriving and growing and stepping into and leading the spaces where you had to say no. And you're going to be so blessed by them and for them. And so blessed by the fact that you're not as stressed and tired in your yes that it's going to get easier. But I want to say both sides because some people say a faithful, brave no to the things that are not for them and Mm -hmm. they feel released Yeah, and they feel healthy. And some Some of us us, feel grief and I feel real grief. Yeah, And I have to anticipate that and know that doesn't mean it's wrong. Yes. Saying no and feeling grieved about not being there doesn't mean I was supposed to be there. Yeah. And the hard part about a no is you're probably going to feel the grief from the immediate post that someone has on Instagram. Yeah. But if you can hang in there, you're going to see a lifetime of fruit on the back end. Yeah. It's just going to take a little longer. Yeah. And so like a great example is like parent kid relationships. Like if, you know, as someone who pastors a church, I have two options. I can say yes to every ministry ministry thing and sacrifice the relationship that I have with my kids. Yeah. And I'm going to see the fruit of that in five yeah. to 10 years or I can come out with some, you know, as you said, some brave no's and just say, hey, I can't do this right now. But it's also going to take five years for me to see that fruit in their life. Right. Lord willing. You know, as, five years sounds great. Right as now, they get yeah. older. But, it, you know, the whatever the opportunity is, is, is I'm going to feel the grief of that in the moment, no matter what. Yeah. And I'm going to see the post online that's like, oh my gosh, you know, we're here. You know, I missed out. But at the same time, you know, missing out then is because I'm showing up for someone in the future is is, is a great trade-off. It's just Good. hard because you're seeing the, the consequences of one immediately and then the fruit of another delayed. Woo, that's good. Okay, 
Rapid fire. Okay. What are some things literally that you and I are saying no to this fall? Man. I actually have a list, you know. Yeah. I've had to make a list. I, I feel like for me, the interesting, so going back to the kids' school discussion is like early on when they were in elementary school, it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to buy the, the tissue paper and we got to make sure we get the right name brand Kleenex or, you know, yeah. like you're buying every little thing. And then you realize like, oh, okay, that's not an option. That's not sustainable. We can figure out how to do this in a sustainable way for us. Well, now the kids have flipped the script. And I feel like I'm in a hostage situation sometimes and they're making demands. (laughs) I am (laughs) loving this line of communication. (laughs) Keep going, please. And so it's like, you know, every kid has these, you know, demands that they're making of us. And some of them are incredible we need to meet those demands and I'm using demands in a funny way. But I think some of the things I've just been like, Hey, I appreciate that you want that is probably a want, not a need. And so I'm forming a, a list of those things with the kids. Of like, I, okay, That is, is not even anywhere on my radar, which is why parenting together is really helpful. <laughs> I would, you know, I would buy our kids anything. Yeah, if they put it in the totally Amazon card, I'm like, it's done. Sure. It's whatever. That's not what that's for. No. It's not <laughs> just because it goes in the cart doesn't mean that it should come out of the car into <laughs> our porch. Um, so I, f- I feel like that yeah. is is something that I'm I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I think, you know, in light of going into a, a book season, like I have never done this before. Yeah. But I, you know, like you, I mean, you have a job outside of a book. Like you run a business. Yeah. Like you run a company. And so for me, I lead a church. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, this is what the norm is and this is what other people do, but what can I do? Yeah. I feel like I have a, t- a list of a few things that I'm thinking through, but one of the things I love about this idea, or, you know, just thinking through these thoughts is like Jesus always tells us to bring us what he has and then he multiplies it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how the kingdom works. And yeah. so I think for me, it gets me excited to say, Hey, this, this is what I've got. This is what I have. Um, and I can't wait to see how you multiply it because we're always going to be limited on what we can do and provide other people in this world and, and the things that God's given us to do. We're always going to have a limitation with that. But I feel like it should be, you know, as a pastor, we love this, as you know, your limitation should be your liberation mm-hmm. and it should really free you up. And so I feel yeah. like I'm feeling free in a few areas. So I've got a couple of things. That's what about good. you? Mine are really like tactical, yeah. you know? For example, something that was part of my life last year was Jess's gym. Yes. Was the homemade gym that I hosted you for a handful of friends. I had told any friends that wanted to come, sometimes yeah. we'd have up to 15 people. I'd set up all the equipment, I'd write a workout for us. You know, I made homemade lavender towels for my friends. It was this really life giving spot. And I realized this year I can't do Jess's gym anymore. You can't. There was grief for me in that. Yeah. The minor examples like that. Yeah, which is an, a great, incredible example. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of some of my other ones. I mean, I made a lot of decisions to streamline my life going into seminary, mm-hmm. so that's a I was going to ask if you've, have you... I haven't talked about seminary yeah. on the podcast. I'm starting seminary this fall. Just going back to school, folks. It's a lifelong dream, really, truly. I mean, as long as I've known you, I've wanted yeah. to go to seminary. So over 20 years, I'm really excited. I'm getting my master's of biblical studies, at least... Incredible. And I am so pumped, but to add that in, I had to take a lot of things off my plate. Yeah. I mean, I told you a big thing that's going off my plate is that I'm not watching Netflix anymore unless I'm watching a show with you. You watching Hulu? No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome. No, I'm not watching Netflix or Hulu or Max. Or what about Prime? I'm just kidding. No, not I'm, Prime I either. Can, okay. I, the, my one caveat is probably going to be West Wing in the Ooh, shower. Yeah. Which, what is West Wing on right now? Max. Okay. But also, do people know that you watch TV on your phone in the shower? I did write about it a lot in my next book, which obviously isn't out yet. But okay. I I'd unpack it. But it is one of my healthiest rhythms in my life. You I know this. I don't understand it. Nick but, doesn't understand yeah. it. We have a little nook where I put my phone and keeps it safe. Apparently, that's why we got the That's why the we niche put the niche in there. our shower. Nick didn't know. He thought it was for a razor. It's not. It's for my phone. And I watch West Wing in there, and I decompress. And my justification about West Wing, sometimes I switch out for Grey's Anatomy, but I'm kind of over Grey's Anatomy. It's almost always West Wing now, is that... I like watching people do things that are bigger than them. Yes. It relaxes me. Also, it is your leadership book. I'm a, it's, it is it's how like I want to be Jed Bartlett. Every leadership book that people read, it's like, I'll just watch West Wing and yeah. I'll pick it up. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I do need everybody to watch it. Yeah. Okay. You got to get through the first few though. It is not for the faint of it's heart. Not, you got the yeah. first few are boring. You, I you did I finally. never... I never fall asleep watching TV, and I fell asleep. I asked you to watch it for years. Yep. You would only watch the first few episodes, and you were super bored, but then you got through, and got you got through. it hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should watch it. Any other things we're saying no to this fall? I'm sure there are a list of things, but yeah. I, but here's the beautiful thing about the list is it, it always needs it to change. be evolving. Like yeah. you, What works this week might not work next week, and what didn't work next week might work the week after, and I feel like you know, applying grace to ourselves is incredible to to have in this process of just like, all right, I'm just going to be gracious with myself. I'm going to be kind with myself. And, and I think just reflecting the Father's heart to us. I mean, yeah. going back to how you were talking last night is like, man, like no one's disappointed in you. The so Father good. is not disappointed in you. I am not disappointed in you. Nobody's disappointed in you. Yeah. And yes, like Jesus did disappoint people, but I think sometimes we think God is disappointed with us. And I, I don't know. I just feel like if we would apply the same or an ounce of the same grace that God has for us, I think we would be in a better place this fall. Come on. Woo. And even like unpacking that theologically, there are areas of sin in our life where we need to confess and repent so that we can experience God's grace oh, yeah. and shift and change. But the good news of the gospel, what scripture tells us is, is that when God looks at us, he sees his son. Mm-hmm. And so he is not tapping his foot saying, when is Nick going to get it together? When is yeah. just going to figure this out? When is just finally going to not be so stressed in the fall? He chose us before we chose him, seeing all of us and our weaknesses fully yeah. and still move toward us in grace. Yeah. Praise God. Okay, I want to end on this. Okay. Because we've said so many great things about boundaries and no and healthy. I want to say, what are we saying yes to? <laughs> <laughs> this is the only fun part yeah. about me. I would say, you know, because I like to make sure our life- The only fun part? I don't know. I think a little bit. Right. I like to make sure that our life has spice. I like mm-hmm. to make sure that- we're experiencing joy and abundance, which is obviously why even this podcast, we're centering on living fully awake. I, so I want to like literally spitfire. I'm going to say a thing, you say a thing. I, oh, even God. if we need a pause, All right. it's okay. Okay, so for me, I'm saying yes to journaling. Journaling, okay. Yeah. Like physical. Yeah, I went back to a physical journal in yeah. the morning and I've told you it's giving me so much life. Okay. It's my happiest thing I do every morning. Yeah. So this is the part where I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm do you sure have an answer for you? Yeah. You are saying yes to 
walking backwards on the treadmill. I do say yes to walking backwards on the treadmill. I think I've I've said yes to like a more gracious entry into my workday. Yeah. I think like I've had my priorities in the morning and then, you know, work is, is always there. And, that, you know, that's coming from someone who literally, you know, ministry was my heart for years to do. And I, mm-hmm. and I did not get to do it for a very, very long time. And so I had to report to a desk and sit in a cubicle and it was hard. But I think one of the blessings about this season of work that I have is I don't have to show up to an office at a certain time every day. Yeah. But also I'm always working. It feels like I feel like I'm always on the clock as like an entrepreneur or a pastor is like, I feel like I'm always approachable, always on the clock, always reachable to an extent. And so I feel like I've said yes to a gracious entry into the workday because I know that sometimes my workday does not end like everyone else's. So yeah, I'm saying yes to cold plunging. You have said yes and amen to I cold plunging. I have said plunging. yes and amen to cold plunging. I'm going to yeah. talk about it on an upcoming podcast. As you should. But I'm obsessed. You are obsessed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is like a yes, no, is I'm saying yes to learning, but I'm saying no to like a rigorous book reading schedule. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm saying yes to, I'm, I want to learn Portuguese. Yes. I, I've started in high school and college. And I would say you're fluent. I'm not fluent, but I want to revisit Portuguese. And so I have some learning things that I'm saying yes to just because I think it, it it's going to be great. Anything else? I can't think of anything else. I'm, I'm sure there's a we'll million keep things. Evolving this I've list said as yes well. to a very impractical car. That's been fun. We call it our adventure car. Yeah, the Duchess. The Duchess, we named her. When we pick up people and take them out, we say, hey, do you want adventure or do you want reliability? Yeah, because and they the get Duchess to choose. is so old that we sometimes don't know if she's going to start. She did not start She didn't Sunday start yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. But she's adventure. She's adventure. Yeah, that's good. I yeah. love it. So good. Okay, one last thing. I want to give another spoiler alert to okay. an episode that you and I are doing this fall that I'm so excited Whoa. about. I had this idea while we were on our anniversary vacation this year, and we are going to do an episode about mansplaining (laughs) and nagging (laughs) because, do you remember, we were on vacation, I think I was in the shower, and I was like, uh, babe, I have a great idea. Where where were we? I think we were in Portugal. Okay. And I was like, I've had a great idea. I feel like we're both the same in this. Is like when we get out and get away, the ideas the flow. The ideas flow. Which is beautiful, but also hilarious. I encounter a lot of mansplaining. Yeah. I have had encountered a lot of mansplaining in all the fields, in yeah. ministry and in publishing and et cetera. And it is a deep grief for me. Mm-hmm. And in contrast, I've noticed you literally never mansplain. And so I was in the shower thinking, what makes Nick an anti-mansplainer? <laughs> But I was like, we should do a whole episode on this. But then I was like, wait, hold on. We can't just like target men because I would say the female version of mansplaining is nagging. Yeah. And it is something that a lot of men would say a lot of women do. Yeah. And I, so I got out of the shower and I said, would you say, babe, that I'm not a nagger? Because I felt in myself that I used to be a nagger. Okay. But God helped me with it. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. All right. I can't wait. That's a big mountain to climb. Oh, I think it's going to be so fun. And I think because what I think is the heart behind both mansplaining and nagging is that you want to help people. Yes. You do. So we're going to take it from that gentle approach. We know you want to help people, Yeah. but (laughs) no, I just mean don't like that. Don't do it like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't like what? <laughs> don't do it like okay. that. Got it. If you see the show notes, you're going to see a link to get the condensed version of the Fall into Freedom Guide. It's three okay. pages. It's not going to stress you out. It's going to bless you. We are going to conquer this together. This is going to be a different fall in the name of Jesus yeah. for the women of God. This is going to be a, a good fall. It's going to be a good fall. Yeah. Hey, will you pray to send us out? Oh, wow. You don't okay. have to. No, I can't. Okay. It's, you know, it's the joke that I always say when I apparently, the, I, like I go to any gathering. They always ask pastors to pray. Pastors to pray. Yeah. You're a good prayer. I just want people to know that. You, you can't are, be good okay. at praying. You are a great prayer. You, get, you can't be, we can't be good or bad at it. It's just talking to God. You excel at praying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the Bible, people who are good at praying are Pharisees. They say, don't be like the Pharisees who go around reciting poems. But you, blah, I'm talking blah, blah. about your closet. I see you in the closet. You do the thing. All right. Well, well that'll be another thank podcast. Thank you. I'm blessed by your encouragement. <laughs> that'll be another podcast. Okay. Father, I thank you for the ability to have options in life. I think mm. a lot of the stressors that we feel are options. And, and God, we're grateful for that. Father, we just pray for the fall. I pray that you would give people a spirit of resiliency yeah, uh, in, in, the, in the face of resistance. Father, I pray uh, that you would give people just a persistent spirit knowing that you have put perseverance in us in and through your son, Jesus. And God, I just pray on the hard weeks and on the hard days that people would be just as gracious as you would be with us, that you they would just catch a glimpse of how you see us, and that they would be patient and that they would be kind and gracious with themselves uh, Father, we are grateful for all the fruit and the harvest that's mm-hmm. to come in the fall. And uh, we just thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, as I was praying, I was thinking about this one proverb that we love. Yeah. It's the Proverbs fourteen four. I think that's it. It's like where, and this is the Nick and Jess translation, but there's there's some good translations out there. But it's where there is, are many oxen, there's much poop. And so it's essentially just the idea that when you've been blessed with promises, sometimes there's there's poop in the stable. So, yeah. you know, grab a shovel and get grateful. Let's go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.